0: Welcome to the Continuing in the Old Paths podcast with evangelist Troy Tucker. Our goal is to exalt the Savior, edify the saints, evangelize sinners, and expound the scriptures. We hope that you'll stay tuned for a biblical message from the Word of God. Thank you for tuning in to the Continuing in the Old Paths podcast. And Over the past couple episodes of the podcast, we have started a message on this thought, learning to say Amen on Patmos. We have been in the book of Revelation, chapter number 1, verses 4 through 10. Let's read the text. The Bible says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, And in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos, for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would bless this message on this episode of the podcast. I pray that you would use it for your honor and your glory. I have no idea who will ever click play on this message, but you do. You already know the people who need to hear this message. You already know the people who will get help from this message. And Lord, I pray that at some point, somebody lost would come across this podcast and that they would get saved by the good grace of God. And Father, I pray For Holy Ghost power, as I preach the word of God, I claim the promise that your word will not return void, but it will accomplish the purpose for which you've sent it. Thank you so much for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've started this message on learning to say amen on Patmos. Let's give a quick recap of where we're at before we dive into the message for this episode of the podcast in our introduction we noted where John was he's on the Isle of Patmos place which means my killing he's in a place of solitude a place of suffering and a place of seeming silence and then we noticed why John was there he was there because he was faithful to the Lord he was there because he was fervent for the Lord and he was there because he was forth about the Lord and we noted that service for the Lord does not exempt us from suffering for the Lord. And then the last thing that we noticed in our introduction is what John said on Patmos. He said, Amen, in verse 6. In verse 7, he said, Even so, Amen. And the the word Amen means, So be it, Lord. And it shows submission to the purposes of God and it is a shout of praise to God. And with that thought in mind, we started two episodes ago. We got into the first ep- or the first main point of this message, the first reason why we can learn to say amen on Patmos, and that is because of the products of salvation. And that's verse 4 to verse 5c, the third part of verse 5. And we noted what the products of salvation are. They are grace and peace. And, of course, as we said, there are many other products of salvation, but these are the two that John emphasized here in the text. And then we noted who the products of salvation are for. He said, grace be unto you and peace. And so we noted that the products of salvation are those are for those who belong to the Lord, those who are busy for the Lord, those who are burdened, And those who are battling. And then lastly, we noted where the products of salvation are from. They are from the Father, who is present. They are from the Spirit, who is perfect. And they are from the Son, who is precious. He's precious because of his reliability. He is the faithful witness. He's precious because of his resurrection. He's the first begotten of the dead. And he's faithful because of his royalty. He's the prince of the kings of the earth. And so the first reason why we can say amen on Patmos is because of the products of salvation. And then in our previous episode, we noted the second main point, the second reason why we can learn to say amen on Patmos is because of the praise for the Savior. And that's verse 5d to verse 6. And we noted on Patmos, We can praise the Savior because there there is a reminder of the compassion of the Savior unto him that loved us. On Patmos, there is a reminder of the cleansing by the Savior unto him that washed us from our sins in his own blood. And on Patmos, there is a reminder of the change because of the Savior. He, Jesus, hath made us kings and priests, unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion, forever and ever. Amen. And so we noted that we can say amen, on Patmos, because of the praise for the Savior. And in this episode of the podcast, we're going to get into the third main point of the message, The third reason why we can learn to say amen on Patmos is because of the promise of the second coming. The promise of the second coming. Verse number seven. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall well because of him, even so, amen. And so this is the promise of the second coming. And we need to emphasize right on the bat that verse 7 is not dealing with the rapture of the church. It is dealing with the revelation of Christ. And there is an important distinction between the two. And first of all, dealing with the rapture of the church, I believe that that is the next uh, imminent event in God's calendar of prophecy. And we are told about it in First Thessalonians, chapter number 4, beginning in verse number 13. The Bible says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you, By the word of the Lord. Keep that in mind. Paul is not speaking under his own authority. He is speaking on the authority of the word of God. So what he's about to say is not his opinion. It is biblical fact. It is biblical prophecy. Something that is going to happen. He says, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And so we see in this text the rapture of the church. Jesus is coming, and it is important to understand this distinction. In verse 16, it says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. In verse 17, it says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That is the distinct one of the primary distinctions between the rapture of the church and the revelation of Christ. And in this aspect of Christ's coming, the first stage of his second coming, if you will, He is not coming all the way to the ground. Jesus is going to stop in the air. And the Bible says that there's going to be a shout, there's going to be the voice of the archangel, and there's going to be the trump of God. The dead in Christ, those who have been saved by grace through faith, but have died, their their soul and spirit is with the Lord. To be absent from the body is present with the Lord. There are Their physical bodies will be resurrected and changed into glorified bodies. And we're told about that in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. For this mortal must put on immortality. Excuse me, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal Passages of Scripture, we quickly discover that the rapture is going to take place in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, faster than we can even blink. One moment we'll be here, the next moment we'll be in we'll meet in the air with the Lord Jesus Christ on our way to heaven. And I believe that this is extremely imminent. Um, as I'm recording this, it is March the fifth. 2022 and for over a week the major headline in the news has been Russia has invaded the Ukraine and of course we know that in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39 the battle of Gog and Magog is going to take place and Russia is heavily involved in that battle and according to those chapters Ukraine is aligned with Russia against Israel. And I believe that everything that we're seeing taking place right now is God putting the puzzle puzzle pieces into place for what is going to take place during the seven-year tribulation period, which will immediately follow the rapture of the church. But uh, I'm kind of getting sidetracked a little bit there, but it, everything that we, that we see going on, uh, as of right now, on March the 5th, 2022, we are seeing historical inflation levels. The price of gasoline is around $4 a gallon. $4 a gallon for gas. Um, the cost of food, the cost of everything is going up. That's what happens when there's inflation. But the Bible tells us that in the tribulation period, there's going to be famine, there's going to be poverty, there's going to be death, Uh, there's going to be a lot of things that are taking place, and I believe that what we're seeing is the beginning stages of what is going to be taking place. Um, Of course, the church is not here for the tribulation, and (laughs) praise God, because the tribulation takes place after the rapture of the church after this passage that we just read in 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 4. So, the important distinction, the Lord is not coming all the way to the earth in the rapture of the church. We are meeting him in the air. Uh, Another important distinction is the Bible does not indicate that this is going to be visible. Uh, In other words, the Bible does not say that regarding the rapture, that every eye shall see him. It does say that regarding the second coming, or the revelation of Christ, which we'll describe in just a minute. But uh, regardless, they're going to see the effects, because we're going to be mysteriously transported out of here, according to the world. Uh, It'd be a mystery to them. Where did everybody go? Uh, There's going to be different... Clothes left behind, uh cars will be suddenly driverless, airplanes will suddenly be pilotless. Uh, all kinds of chaos and different things will take place. So the world will definitely see the effect. Um uh, but it will be a mystery to them. But anyway, <laughs> let's get let's get back on track. Uh, the distinction with the revelation of Christ. Uh, in the rapture of the church, Jesus is coming for us. He's coming to get us out of here, to save us from wrath. First Thessalonians chapter 5. In the revelation of Christ, Jesus has already come for us, so now he is coming with us. He is coming with us. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn a few pages over in Revelation to Revelation chapter number 19. Revelation chapter number 19, and this is what is described as the revelation of Christ, the second coming of Christ. Revelation chapter number 19 verse 11, and I saw heaven opened, and behold a white horse, and he that sat on him that sat upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. And his eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with vesture, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed upon him were upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings, and Lord of Lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army and the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that had worshipped his image these both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse which sword proceeded out of his mouth and all the fowls were filled with their flesh So this is the second coming of Christ, the revelation of Christ. And in this coming, he is coming all the way to the ground. The Bible says in Zechariah that his feet are going to touch down upon the Mount of Olives. It's going to split in two. And that is when this battle of Armageddon is going to take place. The armies of the Antichrist have gathered themselves together. It is the closing uh, moments of the tribulation period, and the Bible says a sharp sword is going out of jesus's mouth, and with it he's going to smite the nations he's going to wipe out those armies that have been gathered there at the valley of megiddo and uh, hallelujah, so the revelation of Christ, Jesus is coming not for us, but with us. He's already come for us in the rapture. And so we read in the text, uh, the Bible says that following him were the armies of heaven riding upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. That is the linen of the saints of God, those who were saved by the good grace of God. So the church is the ones riding behind him on the white horses. We're not going to have to lift a Finger in this battle. All we're going to have to do is spectate. Hey, we get to watch the Lord Jesus Christ wipe out the armies of the Antichrist and win this battle of Armageddon. So that is what Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7 is talking about because we are in this verse, we are at the beginning of the book of Revelation and it's setting up everything that John is going to be seeing. I uh, throughout the coming chapters of the book and the bible says behold he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him and they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him even so amen hallelujah i'm glad that patmos does not void the promises of god Patmos does not void the promises of God. I want to give you three thoughts very quickly in our time remaining on this podcast that I see here in Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Three thoughts about the promise of the second coming. Number one, he is coming verily. He is coming verily or truly. The Bible says, behold, in other words, pay attention. Behold, look here. Behold, he cometh with clouds. That is a definite statement. Jesus is coming again. Like I said earlier, I believe the imminent event is the rapture of the church, Jesus coming for us, but just as equally imminent. Of course, there's a seven-year uh, stretch between the rapture of the church and the revelation of Christ, um, but he is coming. And I believe I believe all of this is imminent. I believe that my generation is the generation that is going to see the rapture of the church and the beginning of the seven years of tribulation, seven years of God's judgment upon this earth. And he is coming, verily, he is coming, as he said. In John 14, Uh, Verse 1, he said, "'Let not your heart be troubled. "'You believe in God, believe also in me. "'In my Father's house are many mansions. "'If it were not so, I would have told you. "'I go away to prepare a place for you, "'and if I go away and prepare a place for you, "'I will come again and receive you unto myself "'that where I am, there ye may be also.'" Every prophecy that is given in the Bible regarding Jesus' second coming is going to come to pass exactly as God said it would. Every promise was fulfilled regarding the first coming when Jesus came as that baby in Bethlehem, born of a virgin, just like the word of God said, fled to Egypt for a little while, just as the word of God said, sacrificed for the sin of all mankind, just as the word of God said he would. And many, many different prophecies, all fulfilled exactly as God said would happen. And so just as every promise and every prophecy was fulfilled in the first coming, every promise and every prophecy is going to be fulfilled with the second coming. Jesus is coming verily. Number two, he is coming visibly. He is coming visibly. The Bible says in verse seven, and every eye shall see him. And they also, which pierced him, and all kin- kindreds of the earth shall well because of him, and hey, every eye shall see him, and that's what this is what I was talking about because the Bible does not say this regarding the rapture of the church; it does say this regarding the revelation of Christ when he comes at the end of the tribulation period, every eye is going to see him, every eye shall see him and In 2022, we have modern technology. Uh, I mentioned earlier what's happening with Russia, Uh, and we can see things taking place around the world uh, without even having to be there because of our modern technology. I can FaceTime Pastor Sammy Medina in the Philippines. I have the technology to be able to video call somebody on the other side of the world and so, when the Bible talks about things, about every eye being able to see him, uh, it it is no marvel to me now uh, how that is possible. I'm sure in Paul's day, uh, he, he might, or in John's day, uh, he might have been scratching his head a little bit, like, you know, how is everybody going to see him? Um uh, but make no mistake about it. The Bible said, "Every eye shall see him," and that is exactly what is going to take place. He is coming visibly, and he is coming in the Book of Revelation. He is coming in judgment, and he is coming to to rule and to reign upon this earth. But number one, he is coming verily, and so we can say, "Amen," on Patmos. Number two, he is coming visibly. And we can say Amen on Patmos. Lastly, and I'm done. He is coming victoriously. He is coming victoriously. The Bible says, "And all kindreds of the earth shall well because of him." Even so, Amen. What's gonna What's gonna happen by the mid year point or the mid midway point of the tribulation period? The at the conclusion of the first three and a half years, the Antichrist is going to be indwelt by Satan himself. And uh, the devil's goal is, is of course, to try to take the place of God. He wants to kill the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Antichrist is going to gather together his armies at the Valley of Megiddo, and it's going to be perfect. Because Jesus is coming victoriously. The armies of the Antichrist do not stand a chance. They don't have a chance. They think, they think they're think they going to have a chance. They're going to be deluded. They're going to be deceived in thinking they have a chance against the Son of God. They're, they think they're going to have a chance against the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But the Bible says that... He's coming out of heaven. He's coming with clouds. Every eye shall see him, and all kindreds of the earth shall well because of him. And he is coming in judgment to wipe out the Antichrist and his armies, Mm -hmm. the beast and his armies. And we get to watch the whole thing as we are following behind him on white horses. Because here's the thing. We read it in Revelation, or I'm sorry, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It plainly says, and so shall we ever be with the Lord, wherefore comfort one another with these words, which means everywhere Jesus goes, I'm going to be with him. Hallelujah. And so we're going to get to watch all of this take place. And of course, I'm sure the Holy Ghost is going to remind us, hey, you read this in the Bible, and now you're getting to see it. We've studied it for so long, preached it for so long, and we're going to get to see it take place. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So my dear friend, you might be on Patmos. You might be in a place of silence. You might be in a place of suffering. You may be in a place of of seeming silence of solitude. Uh, You may be in a storm. You may be in a valley. But you can say amen on Patmos because there is a definite promise. Jesus is coming again. Well, Thank you for tuning in to the Continuing in the Old Paths podcast. I trust that this message has been a help to you. We pray that you will Like, subscribe, share, uh, do whatever you can do to help us get the word out on this podcast. And we hope that you tune in next time as we continue this message on learning to say amen on Patmos. God bless you.